Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Magnify Learning brings project-based learning workshops to schools across the country because we believe every child deserves to be a part of an inspiring story. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, the PBL Playbook Podcast will equip you with the stories, resources, and trainings you need to bring project-based learning to your school. If you want me to answer your PBL question on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to the PBL Playbook Podcast. Today, we've got a PBL Project Blitz. We do this series once a month where we highlight the work of some awesome teachers in project-based learning classrooms. Every guest will share out one of their favorite PBL projects and we'll get a chance to discuss the impact of these projects on the students, the community, and our guests, the facilitators. Today, we've got Lacey Wald from Neosho, Missouri. She's a fifth grade facilitator and she has recently completed our PBL certification program here at Magnify Learning. This means that Lacey's been through a PBL Jumpstart She's been through a PBL Advanced, and she's collected artifacts while she's been implementing PBL in her classroom so that she can show her PBL awesomeness. The PBL certification process is rigorous, but it's a rewarding process. So Lacey's come through PBL certification with flying colors. She's now certified and equipped to begin training and teaching other teachers about project-based learning. So she's going to be doing that around the country because at Magnify Learning, we bring highly qualified PBLers just like Lacey to schools just like yours to help you along on your PBL journey. So let's hear from Lacey about her favorite PBL unit. Lacey, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time. And we're going to have you share about one one of your favorite PBL units. So what's one of your favorite PBL units? Thank you for having me as well. One of my favorite PBL units is we did um, a PBL called Friday's Endgame. We titled it that because Avengers Endgame had just came out that summer. And so um, we, we were kind of pre-planning it. Um, we knew the kids would have a lot of buy-in. Our superintendent um, had made an um, informed decision about um, taking away our Fridays um, and having all-day Fridays back again. And since I had been in the district for the five years I had been in the district, we had had Fridays as collaboration time for our PLCs. And so the students had always been able to go home at 11.30, 12. And so they had a lot of buy-in as to why they did not want to be at school on a Friday afternoon. And so it was the buy-in, I think, was probably the best I've ever had with this PBL. And I think that's one reason it stands out in my mind as one of the best, um, just because it was so authentic to them. I mean, I just love, if I understand it right, so the the learners used to have kind of a half-day Friday. The schedule changes. Now they're going to go to a full-day Friday. Yes. That's that's a big event in, in a learner's life, isn't it? Yes. And they're in fifth grade. And so their entire years of schooling, they've never had to go to school all day on a Friday. Yeah. I love that instead of just saying, hey, here's what's going to happen. Some they, they get a voice in this, right? So talk about the voice that they get to have 
and how you allowed them to kind of speak that voice. So during one of our morning meetings, which is where a lot of our uh, PBL ideas come from, because it's where they ask a lot of questions through the shares or questions just arise naturally during that process. And so one of the things that we knew we would be hearing, and this kind of was, I hate to say a pre-planned, but we knew that the kids would be feeling pretty terrible about being here on Friday, some of them. And so um, I heard some of them talking about it during morning meeting, and I, I kind of questioned them a little bit, prompted them a little bit. And I was like, so do you guys think this is something that we would want to, to talk about? This is something we want to do some research on if we could get the superintendent on board and um, maybe some of our school board members and things like that. And so they were all for it. As soon as I said that comment, it was it was out the door with all of these ideas and things were running running wild with the all the thought processes that were taking place. And so one of the um, things that they came up with during that time was um, a driving question. And our driving question, we ended up refining it a little better. But the driving question was basically this, how can we as future community members affirm or refute the change in Friday's policy to school board members, to administration and staff, so that all perspective of the community are acknowledged? Because they felt like they didn't have a voice or say so in the matter. So they were like, how can we, and, we, and I told them a debate would be a really great way to present maybe this message. Um, and so they loved the idea of having a debate. And so they had to, to present both sides of the matter. But in order to do that, they really had to get people's input. So they were creating Google Forms for students. They created Google Forms for parents. They created Google Forms um, for a staff. They created Google Forms for um, community members who didn't have children in the, in the district. Um, and then... That was sent out to all the elementaries that we have here. We have five elementary buildings, so it was sent to all of our elementary buildings. Um, it was sent to the junior high. It was sent to every middle schooler, which we have a little over 800 middle school students, and then sent to the high school students as well. And so, thankfully, Google Forms puts that into um, a graph for them. And so, when they looked at the information from these um, separate entities, they were able to put it into a yes we are, yes we are glad that we went to whole day fridays or no we would like to have our half day fridays back you know i did tell them in the beginning that this wouldn't probably be a situation that would change his mind necessarily but at least they would be able to have a voice in and and saying how they got to feel about it so um our and we got to cover a lot of standards through it so one of our um, community partners ended up being every superintendent. So we have three superintendents in our building or in our district. So um, all three of the superintendents got to be a part of the final product. Um, it was it was a glorious moment because they got to asking questions. And then Dr. Cummins was so great, graceful. And um, through the process, he sent us a video um, with some information as to why he chose to do that because of absences and some different things like that. Um, and so the kids got to look at that information in that video while they were researching all of this and getting all of this information in. And so they had to look at it from his perspective too. So that ties into so many standards for us. So if I'm teach reading and social studies. So for me, one of the standards that we covered was analyzing and explaining the author's viewpoint 
and they had to use reasons and evidence to support their stance or their claim. They also had to compare and contrast first and secondhand accounts. So some people who weren't affected by it um, and those who were affected by it would be first and secondhand. It covers a, a slew of speaking and listening standards because at the end, they, the end product was they had to write their own opinion paper, but they also had to debate in front of the class and have a written debate for both four whole day Fridays. And also they had to have the side of, we wish whole day Fridays didn't exist. We want our half day Fridays back. And they had to present both sides. They also wrote, like I said, their opinion piece. And then just the research process through all of this with the graphs, we tied in math interpreting the graphs. Um, Science was even um, tied in in some regards. And I'm honestly kind of stalling on that one. I can't remember which exactly the science standards were, but we had tied in some science standards. But our entry event, it really truly ended up being probably the thing. I mean, not that we needed any more (laughs) buy-in already, but our entry event was Um, we had a crime scene on the stage here um, in our cafeteria. We set up a crime scene and it was um, who killed Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob was being accused of killing Mr. Krabs. And the way it tied in is they had to find, look through the evidence and find reasons and evidence to support their opinion. And so once they had done that and they had gone through that process, then they saw how clearly Not just did they need to have a reason, but they needed to have evidence to back up their claim. So through this process, the kids looked up the statistics on having half-day Fridays off, um, what it was on their mental health and things like that. Um, And they also had to look up statistics and and different research on um, what it's like when you have a whole week versus a half, you know, the half-day on Friday. It was a a big, big buy-in for us. And like I said, our community partners, the They um, also invited in during this time, the research process, they invited in all the building principals. So we have the junior high principal. There's four high school principals. Um, I think three of the high school principals came that day. Um, Both junior high principals came. And I believe um, four out of our five elementary principals came. And the kids did a QA and a session with them to see how they felt about it um, to kind of give them some more factual information. And so it was, it was a great thing. And we also, um, the high school debate team came and performed, I say, hey, performed. Um, they came and presented um, a debate to our kids. So they knew how to, um, what a real debate looked like, that it really wasn't a heated discussion. It was very factual and kind of gave them the, the avenue uh, to show them how to do it more in a more professional way. And so that was a, a neat twist that we got to include the high school in that as well. Wow, Lacey, there's there's a lot of things to love in this PBLU. <laughs> there really is, isn't there? I I love uh, I love the evidence based support. Yes, every sixth grader, every fifth grader has an opinion. Yes. <laughs> what What if you had an opinion that was backed up by evidence, right? And and then they have to look at both sides of the issue, right? And so they can get a, a good view of the evidence from both sides and. The empathy portion of that, of you know, how both sides are making decisions. One other thing that really sticks out to me is just how how much your central office folks get it. Yes. Your superintendent, assistant superintendents, it, it would be easy to say, hey, that's the decision I made. It's best for the district. Live with it. And they didn't say that at all. They said, you know, we want to hear your voice and open themselves up 
you know, to really to scrutiny of kids to say, mm-hmm. hey, they're going to come at you with this data and they're well armed, <laughs> right? And yes, I love the support that, that they're giving you as you're moving through project-based learning. It was fantastic. They were, I, like I said, they were great sports. And like I said, Dr. Cummins had um, our, our superintendent, he had already given a video and I mean, he took time out of his day to do that, to support our kids and their learning in this process. And like you said, that I know a lot of um, schools maybe don't get that support. So yes, we were very appreciative of, of the time that they took not only to come in because our kids ended up performing a debate in front of them. And so they could present them with the information in a more formal way. So it wasn't in an attacking fashion because, you know, fifth graders, <laughs> they would have, an, like you said, a strong opinion. Um, and so they had to learn how to do it in a professional way, which was excellent. And they also had to pr- know both sides of the coin. They had to know um, what, it, what was best for us on both sides. And so I loved that part of it as well. Yeah, that's so good. So one of the questions that we like to ask here as we go through a PBL Blitz episode is, how did this impact students and how did it impact you as the facilitator? Well, I want to start with my students. Um, I still have students email me about that. This was a few years ago and they're now in the junior high, so not even in my building anymore. And I will still have students email me about this PBL. Remember when we did this, Mrs. Wald? I loved that. That was my favorite time, you know. Um, I think that lets you see the lingering effect of the PBL process. And then one student in particular, his name was Colby, a very bright kid. He was shy. We had students try out for the part of introducing the PBL to the superintendents and um, acknowledging them in our building and, and, and leading them to where they needed to be and that type of a thing. And he tried out for that part. And he found his voice and he wrote a most impressive speech all by himself. And it's actually in my PBL certification. He, he did such an excellent job um, writing that speech. And he was so proud of himself um, when he was done. And I think that's, that's the one that sticks out to me as far as student impact. He actually is in the junior high and um, now, and he is on the debate team. Ah, so great. I love it. <laughs> right. You can just see the real impact that's happening on these these learners' lives, right? That they can talk about it still. That's the deeper learning aspect that we're going for in project-based learning, right? That the information they're learning, they're using it. So it sticks, right? That yes. Right. It goes beyond just, you know, learning it for the next test, but it's changing the way the way they do school the way they interact with the world and, and, you know, maybe finding that bright spot of what it is they're meant to do. And how exciting is that? Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome to see him find his voice and gain that confidence. It was awesome. What was your favorite piece? What, what made a big impact on you as a facilitator? I think for me, this one was, um, I think my third or fourth PBL and I think the reason why it stands out to me is the authenticity piece is, you know, there are a lot of um, so-called PBLs out there, uh, so-called projects out there. And I think this one stuck out to me the most because of its authenticity, that there was no need for an entry event. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. there was no need for um, some of those things, particularly with this one, because the buy-in was so strong. Um, we, we, you know, I, we chose the, or I say I chose the entry event simply because 
it helped them um, learn how to find reasons and evidence before they got into the PBL portion of it. And it was part of that teaching process, which I also loved about the intro event, but I just, I don't know the sponge, the SpongeBob and the crime scene, the kids absolutely love that. This was just one of their most favorite times, I think. Yeah. I love the engagement in there, right? As facilitators, we love that too, right? When kids are just mm-hmm. chomping at the bit to, <laughs> you know, to get back at it. What would you change on this one or how, how would you make it better? Again, this is a question we typically ask at the Blitz, but as you reflect back on it, what would you change maybe? I think that I would have them create the Google Forms um, a little earlier um, or, or even maybe this would be the better way to explain that. I think I would have them create the Google Forms, send them out, and then I would have them work on something else for a while so people had time to fill them out. I think we gave like four or five days to get those out to the community and get those out to um, the high school and the elementaries and things like that. And I don't think, I mean, we had a lot of people participate. I think we could have probably wrangled up some more um, participation had we given them more time to fit it into their schedule or maybe they didn't remember. I mean, I think, I think the time part for me on that would be one of the pieces that I would change. And then I think the other piece to that would be, I think I needed to, time is always a part, you know, to always part of the process. But I think for me is giving them time to read through the comments, why people believed the way they did, why they were feeling so strongly one way or the other. They got a chance to dive through it. But when you have 800 people on one particular document, commenting. It's hard to read through all of those. I think it would have had even a greater impact had they had more time to do that. So I think time for me on this one would have been probably the biggest thing that I would have changed. I would have extended it out a little more. I love Lacey that, and this is why you excelled through the PBL certification process, uh, is that this is a project you loved. It obviously went well uh, in a lot of different ways, but you're like, there's still a few things I could improve on, right? There's there's yes. always the growth mindset to this journey of project-based learning that we're always getting better, applying those lessons to the next PBL unit, Yes, right? It's always there. Do you have any closing thoughts for the audience as we close up this PBL Blitz? I think that PBL is a journey. I think that it's a learning process for both the teacher and the students. And I think remembering to allow to give yourself grace during the process of the first time you do a PBL, the second time you do a PBL, the third or fourth time, all the way to now when, you know, we've done several, I think giving yourself grace because um, it's a learning process for both the teacher and the student. I think it's the best type of learning. I love it for um, my ELDs, my SPED students. It puts everyone on the same playing field. There's no special ability they have to have to be able to perform or to be able to, to, to be a part of the process. They just get the chance to be uniquely them. And I think that's what I love about PBL. Oh, that's so good. So good. Uh, every child gets to be a part of an inspiring story, right? We even heard that in your example. Like your, your learners can find their spot and their niche in the world, and they can start it when they're with us, right? Safely in the classroom. So. Thank you so much for for sharing your PBL unit, Lacey. I really appreciate all these these great insights that our audience gets to hear about. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Hey, audience, one last thing. We mentioned it in the podcast, but Lacey's been through the PBL certification process. Uh, she's out at Neosho Schools in Missouri. 
they are a demonstration site for Magnify Learning because they are operating a really high level with project-based learning. They've been through PBL Jump Starts, they've been through PBL Advanced, and they've taken their teachers through PBL certification. So they have their own trainers on site and they're training other teachers, just like yourselves, audience, uh, across the country. So if you need to go find a place and you say, hey, where is project-based learning uh, being done well, that's why we have the demonstration site process. Uh, Neosho is a great place to head out there. We would love to connect you. So just reach out through one of our many avenues. Uh, you can go down to the on the website and click on Ask Ryan, or you can email us as well to reach out and we'll let you know a great place to go in your neck of the woods. But in the meantime, make sure you head out there, engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms.